This is episode 43 with Static Climbing founder Taylor Carpenter. She took her idea to add her own spin to climbing chalk bags from YouTubing how to sew to landing a deal with REI. It sounds simple when I put it that way, but in this episode, Taylor shares her journey to creating static climbing and the reality of growing a brand organically. We talk about the period in her life between not knowing what to do to starting her side hustle and with a lot of hard work and perseverance became her full-time business. We talk about how she created a brand and not just a product and Taylor talks about the upside about going all in on an idea and her worst failure to date, which is not just one massive failure, but many little things along the way that she used as building blocks to get her business to where it is today. By staying positive and always learning how to get better, her biggest entrepreneurial dream came true. And she talks about that in this episode. Without further ado, Taylor Carpenter. Welcome to the Dusk to Dawn podcast. My name is Lucas. I'm a maker and entrepreneur fascinated by creativity and design. And I'll be sharing these stories of people just like you and me who have a dream and are making it happen. Thank you for tuning in today. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited about today's guest. We're finally making it happen. She is also in the product-based industry and we sell physical products. So we have to keep inventory and all that cool stuff and busy stuff. So I'm super excited about today's guest. Her name's Taylor Carpenter. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you for taking a little bit of time to do this. I know you're busy. We're all super busy. You have super exciting stuff going on. Some people listening to this episode may know you. Some people may not. So let's get started with a little bit of your background. How did you start static climbing? Let's see. So originally... After, while I was in college, um, I was going to Cal State Long Beach and I was on the snowboard team and I was living up in Mammoth. And uh, as the years went on, I originally wanted to study psychology and become a high school counselor. And um, as I was going through college, I realized that maybe I was um, not cut out to be a high school counselor. And so I continued my journey to try to find another passion. And after a set of injuries, I had broken my back uh, snowboarding at College Nationals, and then I had knocked my front teeth out skateboarding, and then within <laughs> the same year, calendar year, I uh, went in for knee surgery in 2013, and it kind of made me reevaluate my entire life, and what as I was doing that, I had met my current boyfriend of five years, Duncan, and he was surrounded by some of the most incredible people I've ever met, entrepreneurs, Olympic athletes, business businessmen and women, and just such driven people. And it really inspired me over the next year of kind of getting to know everybody and hanging out with them. And 
it truly is, you know, who you surround yourself with is the environment that you pick up and you kind of become involved in. And as time went on, I realized that I was kind of tired of saying a story of, you know, I'm a server, but I'm going to do something with my life. And one day I was just like, you know, I need to actually do something. Like I need to stop saying I will, I will. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, I love the climbing world and I love everything about it. It's just such a unique industry. It's, it's kind, it's open, you know, there's not many sports where you can walk up to anyone and just say, Hey guys, you know, my name's Taylor. I don't have anyone to climb with. Would she like to boulder together? And I mean, (laughs) 99% of people are going to welcome you and, you know, share a crash pad and you're instantly friends and that's pretty special. So I thought of, you know, involving myself in the climbing world and making my passion an actual career. And I thought, you know, chalk bags or they could definitely use like a new spin to them. Maybe I could add my personal touch to them. And um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to learn to make a chalk bag. And at the time, I didn't know how to sew. I, I had never picked up a sewing machine. And I thought, you know what, what a great challenge. Let's see what I can do with it. And um, my birthday was coming up. This was April of 2014. And my grandparents bought me a little Joann's tiny little sewing machine for my birthday. And I went to Joann's and got the first materials. And after YouTubing how to wind a bobbin and how to, you know, thread the machine and how to sew, I took three and a half days and made my first chalk bag. Um, The fabric was upside down. I had no idea what I was doing. It it's still hanging up in my office today. I'm really glad I kept it. And, uh, I was so proud of it and everyone, you know, everyone was like, wow, you know, that's pretty awesome. But it was far from what they look like today. And I was so proud. I took it to my local climbing gym in Carlsbad, um, vital. And Ray was the manager at the time. And I said, Ray, look at, look what I made. And he said, you know, if you make those a little better, I'll throw some in the gym. And that really, lit me up. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, that would be, that would be incredible. And so I went home and continued to make more and more. And it went from three days to make one to two days to make one. And I kept refining the pattern in the kitchen of our old house and, you know, everything from like burning the webbing with a lighter over the stove and, or with over the stove and then, you know, cutting everything and ironing it on. And it just was a very, passionate project that just kind of snowballed and the bags got better and better. And as I would help them set over the weekends, um, I would give the chalk bags to all the setters and I would say, you know, rip it apart, tell me how to make it better. And over the course of, you know, a couple of months, it really, the design improved so quickly. And then, um, my boyfriend is a graphic designer and he saw how hard I was working on the project and he made me my first logo, which is actually the logo that we use today. And, uh, I had named the company static because it's my favorite style of climbing. And, uh, you know, I don't, for those of you that aren't climbers, static climbing is just a very delicate and very balanced movement. It's very slow and um, STEMI. So you just kind of like slowly reach for your next move, whereas dynamic climbing is very powerful and explosive, which I'm, I really excel at, you know, you know, static climbing, which is where the name came from. And, uh, over the course of the years, we started getting into more gyms and, um, 
I hired my first employee, and <clears throat> it was around Christmas time. Um, when I started my Etsy account a couple of months before that, Christmas time hit, and all of a sudden, you know, every time I get an order, there's a cha-ching on my phone, which <laughs> I still keep on my phone <laughs> because no matter how many, you know, cha-chings you hear, it is the coolest sound ever. So my phone still, you know, things every single time a sale happens, and it honestly never gets old. It's the coolest, coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> so true. So, yeah, so that kind of just started that's kind of how everything came together. And, um, I was serving at the time still, I was a server until, um, summer of last year. So summer of 2007, no, summer of 2016 was when I stopped serving, but, you know, having a full-time serving job and trying to run a business on the side is no easy task. So, um, there were, hundreds of hours a week put in of, you know, just learning how to run a company. I had no experience running a company. I had no experience running a team, managing a team. Um, I had no experience sewing. So the learning curve for me was kind of sink or swim. And uh, the amount of hours that you have to put in to really get a business going, I don't think many people talk about. And the amount of dedication. Someone once told me that uh, only an entrepreneur quits uh, or trades a 40-hour work week for an 80-hour work week, and that's <laughs> still true today. That's <laughs> you know, true. almost four years later. That's true. Uh, thank you, thank yeah. you for sharing your story. I'd like to totally pick your story apart. There are so many yeah. cool little bits and pieces of it, and that's actually how we connected. I bought one of your chalk bags, and I oh. was super impressed with the customer service because you were late. I think you're going to a competition in San Diego or something like that. And I didn't get my bag and, and you were super responsive saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to include this. And when I started the podcast, I'm like, I want to connect with people who not just I reached out to like that I've actually had an experience with and that's that's when I reached out to you but that's how we connected I bought one of your bags about uh once say a year ago wow <laughs> that's amazing so I definitely heard the cha-ching on my phone from that <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true so you were going to college to become a psychologist yes uh, and you had no idea you wanted to start your own business back then no, no. I I just loved helping people and I thought the best way to do that would, you know, to become a psychologist. I I love making I love bringing the joy out in people and I just yeah, it was just something that was kind of like, you know what? That sounds amazing and as I went on, I realized that you know, maybe I was too emotional to be a high school counselor. It just didn't it didn't drive me like I thought it would. And so I I thought of maybe a different avenue and I actually use my psychology degree more, I would say, now running a business, having a team to manage and working with customers and clients and vendors. And my degree is proven helpful, even though it's completely out of the realm of what I studied originally. So you really started your business when you surrounded yourself with like-minded people. Yes, absolutely. What happened between 
between you realizing that you didn't want to be a high school counselor and you starting and you meeting your boyfriend and all those entrepreneurs and, and people who are making it happen, what happened in that period of time? Were you just wondering what you're going to do with your life? Did you know you want to start a business? Mm, not really. I think after a string, I really, I loved snowboarding. It was my life for quite a few years. And when I was competing, I thought, you know, maybe I could be an Olympic athlete. And then I just started getting hurt over and over and over again. And, uh, it really made me think and just kind of sit and kind of have some self-reflection on what I really wanted to do in life, who I was. And, you know, at the time that was 2012 to 2013. So I was 22 at the time. And, uh, when I met Duncan, he just opened my world to a whole new set of possibilities and just his friends and that are now my friends as well. And, and even my current, my, you know, my past friends, it's just everyone inspires me every single day to keep pushing forward and to bounce new ideas off of. And it really, I'm not the type of person that kind of, that says, oh, I, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this. You know, if, if I say I'd like to do it, I'm going to make it happen and find a way to do it. So I thought of an idea and I just went all for it and thought, you know what, if it succeeds, then I have one of the best careers I could ever have dreamed of. If it fails, then I've learned how to create a better one next time. And I've been so fortunate that every failure that's happened in the company has helped me actually succeed, you know, in the overall picture. I'm really lucky. And what, what's the, the worst failure you've had so far? Hmm. I don't know that it's been one big, massive failure. I, I thought about it and I was reflecting on it, you know, over the holidays this last, this last December. And I looked back at 2014 and the first year that I was in business and all of those problems at that time seemed huge. They seemed overwhelming, you know, from maybe running out of a fabric or, um, an order, you know, 15 orders in one day when I was used to maybe one order every few days and just learning how to quicken my sewing process, speed up my sewing process. Those were huge problems back in the day. Um, learning how to stitch more efficiently. And now I look at them and I think they're trivial, but I had to use those building blocks to be able to get to the, you know, problems I have today, which are so much, uh, so much, they're so different than what they were, you know, four years ago, but each building block was really difficult at that time. So, um, over the last few months, I've literally had my entire dream come true and it just showed that all of my hard work has paid off. Um, I got an email from REI a couple of months ago saying, Hey, we really like your gear. Would you like to work with us? And I was over the moon. Amazing. Um, I mean, that's, that was my dream, you know, and people said, where do you want to, you know, where do you want static to go? I say, well, I mean, my dream would be in like REI, you know, and, uh, 
they emailed me and we started shipping out just a few months ago to them and we started with all of the California stores and now we're expanding, you know, to more of the stores nationwide and it's been a dream come true. So the challenges of learning how to work with big corporations has been has been so rewarding because it was kind of like sink or swim again. And because of all those previous challenges over the last three years or four years now, you know, I was able to pull together, you know, my small business to be able to run with REI and successfully be in their shops. And that to me is so rewarding and just makes all the tiny little failures just like, wow, those were actually lessons that were so valuable and make me such a better person today and smarter with business. And yeah, so it's, it's not been just one, it's been thousands of small failures that have really like made the company what it is today. And I don't think people bring that up enough on every failure is, is a lesson. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just how can you pick yourself back up and move forward and learn from it and grow from it, you know, to make your company and yourself a better better overall i love what you said that these small problems um a lot of small problems the reward of small problems are big problems (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's true and well you started a company many many years ago and now you have this deal with rei that was your dream when you started static climbing was the progression of your company sort of linear or exponential? Because I know you put a lot of hours into making a better product and innovating and creating different products. Was this growth a little bit every month or every quarter? Or is just a lot of hard work, a flat line for a while, and then boom, you strike a big deal? It was a lot of hard work over many months. It definitely wasn't something that was handed to me. I've never I've never worked so hard for a dream in my entire life. It's been the challenge of my life. And uh, I'd say it has taken every single month and hundreds of hours in that month of dedication and hard work and and just time to build it. And every month it was, you know, a little bit more and a little bit better. And we were a little bit smarter and a little bit wiser, you know, at, and my team has been growing with me. You know, I started with my first employee in 2014, like around Christmas time. And her name was Kate and she was amazing. And we would make, you know, just like five to 15 chalk bags a day. And that was a hard day's work with two of us, you know, and as time went on, you know, I've been able to develop a team of, there's four of us now and there's, you know, there's Lauren, she makes most of the chalk, she makes all the chalk bags. And then there's Maria, she makes the buckets now. And I've trained those girls to be, to sew like I do. And since I was never trained officially on how to sew, I have quite a unique sewing process. And so they have, I've developed my team to be just like me and I trust them just like as if I would sew something. And Duncan does all of my design work still. He's full time. He came on full time and he does all my design work. He preps everything. So our chalk bags, our buckets, every single piece is cut in house 
and sewn in-house. And because of my team, we've been able to take it from kind of like every month doing a little bit better to just, I'd say, you know, getting REI was when I would say like the explosion happened of just infinite opportunity. And I'm so thankful for that. And it's been wonderful working with them to see a large corporation be so in touch with each customer that they work with. You know, they, they have treated me with the utmost respect and it really shows me that companies, no matter how big they become, they can still hold values and morals. And I really look up to that. So it's been a good, it's been another positive influence in my life to kind of see how a larger company can still run with, with a good value. Wow. You Static climbing is clearly a strong brand, and I've told you that in the past. When solopreneurs decide to take their ideas to the next level and create their first product, um, I have this idea for, I don't know, a phone, iPhone holder, whatever it is, they create the product. And the product, let's say, it sells well, but there's not a brand behind. It's just a product, even though you could have a name associated with that product, a brand name associated with your product name. People come to know your product more than they know your brand. And with Static, I feel like when I first came in touch with Static Climbing, it wasn't just chalk bags. I was in touch with a brand, even though you were the only person behind it. Um, what do you think made your brand be seen as a brand and not just a product? I'd say it's a couple of different things. Um, the main the main reason is uh, Duncan had the idea from the beginning of not just creating the product, which I developed and designed and refined over the years. Duncan created that brand image, and he told me from the get-go he has he has a lot of experience running company. Not running, he had a snowboard company, and he has his own film production company. So he has more knowledge than I do on how to run a successful business. And he said, you know, what do you like best about your favorite products? And I said, well, you know, there's a story behind them. And he said, exactly. So we worked hard to not just develop a product because when, when I use anything, if it has a story and a meaning and values behind it, I am so much more inclined to have that be, you know, my main purse or my main, you know, backpack or, or, you know, anything that I buy, if it has a story behind it, it just means so much more. It's, kind of the same way of, you know, if a friend makes you a gift, even if the gift, you know, if you, you know, you'd never use the gift, all of a sudden it means you just place this, this invaluable price on it of it's so special. And I really, we created that with static and that it's not just a product. It's a product with a story and it has values and just means it's something special. When I think today's society can be, you know, our culture is very much like bye, 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 throw away, throw away. And I think mm-hmm. our generation is really turning the tables on that and is asking questions of like, well, where did you get that fabric? Why, you know, is it sustainable? Um, what's the story behind it? Do you make it? Does it have love behind it and a purpose? And I wanted to answer all those questions with yes, you know, with static. And I've held true to those values and figured out a way to 
grow the company successfully. We don't have any investors. I took every single dollar that Static has made and I've turned it back into the company and grown the company organically and I couldn't have asked for a better result. But all that's come from the hard work and dedication and mind-boggling free hours that I've put in and Duncan's put in. And But yeah, it's it's all about the story because it just makes everything so much more successful or so much more meaningful. Did you have self-doubt of, you know, I'm creating this brand and putting all this story behind. Did you have self-doubt that people weren't going to give you the credit that the brand deserves? Because at the end of the day, you were running the company alone, even though it looked like a real brand online. Did that stop you at any moment? Mm, no. I mean, there's always fear. You know, everyone has fear. You know, there's always like, what if they don't like it? You know, what if they don't, you know, what if the product isn't that great? But I made sure to design a product that I was impressed with. And as long as, you know, I'm holding up my values, my morals, and the highest quality standards, you know, that I believe in, then I know that everyone else will agree with that. And I mean, there's always fear. There's definitely days where you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? Am I on the right path? Are my products great? Are my climbers happy? Um, and I just, every time, anytime there's any issues, you know, like I think that's only happened, you know, very few times where, you know, an order gets mixed up in the system and I make sure that I email the customer and I explain what happened. And usually, you know, I'll add something like, here's a brush for your time. Like, I want to make sure that my satisfaction rate is a hundred percent. And anytime anyone has any questions or concerns, instead of just being fearful and saying, you know, I hope everyone likes it. I address any issue right off the bat and I fix it and it has created as far as I can tell a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee I've never you know I don't think I've had a, a customer come to me and say you know I'm just not happy with it because if, if they ever came to me with an issue I make sure to solve it and make it right so I, I you know you yeah that that goes back to what you just said about uh people nowadays connecting with the brand and the story, if, if they send you a question or a complaint or anything and you reply to them as Taylor, not as an automated email system that has like their name wrong or something, they, they relate to it. Now they're all of a sudden, it's like Taylor that's dealing with them. It's a person behind a brand. Those non-scalable things are actually pretty scalable long-term. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's just it. You know, if someone comes to me with an issue, and I've been so fortunate there haven't been that many issues, but if someone ever has an issue, you know, it, as long as they, they know that, you know, I'm human and my products are handmade and I'm 100% willing to fix anything that, you know, if there's a stitch incorrectly and if there's, um, you know, a customer that their shipping is messed up or an international order where it's stuck in customs, you know, I'd rather send the customer another product 
and wait for the original one to come back and make sure that they're stoked and they're taken care of, you know, before the final dollar of static, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You work with a lot of athletes. When you go to the static climb website, you work with athletes. Do you think um, the work with athletes really help consolidate the brand as a strong brand? Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our team of ambassadors is the best, the best, and not necessarily in regards to, you know, just their climbing ability of their lifestyle, their, their love for climbing. And just, they, they're the type of climbers that just, you go out onto the, you know, you go out into the, the bouldering, you go bouldering or you go sport climbing or trad climbing. And, you know, if you were to walk, up next to them and start talking to them, they'll, you know, say, Hey, how's your day going? And I really look for ambassadors that aren't just great climbers, but they're incredible people too. And that's just like you said about static and its story is it's not just about the bottom line. It's everything. And it's real people, real climbers. And that's so important. And I'm so thankful to have a great team of ambassadors because they really do make the brand complete. How do you go about finding brand ambassadors? Um, typically, they have been, I've met them from at festivals, or some of them are actually some of my oldest friends um, that happen to be incredible climbers. Um, but just as I meet people, I get this, you know, I get this little vibe from them, and I think, you know what? They're exactly like static. Um, they have good values, good you know, they're friendly, they're amazing climbers and they just, their story inspired me. And so I added them to the team to help them inspire, you know, static and vice versa. Awesome. It's such, it, you've, you had such an organic process with everything and I want to commend you for that. It's, Sometimes Thank when you. when we start a company, we start to work on this idea. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be successful because the, at the end of the day, that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be successful. And because of that pressure, we leave our creativity aside and we start creating things for money. And that derails us from our vision and our story. And that makes people connect less and less with our brand. And then self-doubt creeps in because we don't know what we're doing wrong. So I really want to commend you for your organic growth and sticking to your beliefs and truths to grow the static climbing brand. Thank you. I'd love to ask you one last question. Yeah. What was holding you back from making it happen? Because in, in my eyes, I think, I think it, it has happened and it is happening and it's always evolving. And I can't wait to see where static's going to go next. And I think the only, the only thing that ever holds me back from any idea or any expansion is just myself. Because once I believe in myself and once I have the confidence in myself that the idea will work, there's nothing stopping it. So, you know, my own worst enemy is myself. And I think once I believe in the idea, you know, if someone brings me an idea or there's a new project that we have in mind, like, um, 
there's just there's no stopping it once you set your mind to it but it's not just setting your mind to it and saying I will do that it's actually doing it and putting in the hard work and the time and the dedication and you know they say they say like like attracts like and if you think it you can do it you know that's half of it but the other half is the hundreds of hours behind you know thinking you can do it and putting it out there that you're going to do it it's just hard work and failing and getting back up and hard work and failing and getting back up and and learning from it so i mean there's really nothing that can stop any idea as long as you're willing to put the time and dedication into it taylor thank you for being on the show yeah no problem thanks for having me have it peeps it takes many small building blocks and hard work day in day out in order to achieve our dreams in taylor's case rei found static climbing and now she's literally living her dream and her chalk bags are in rei stores amazing Thank you for tuning in today. As always, thank you so much for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to listen to this interview with Taylor Carpenter today. So thank you. Thank you so much. I will see you next Saturday. Cheers. Cheers.